record. Hello and welcome back to the Mini Marty and Feisty Show. So on our last episode, we left off talking about food and not really food in itself because it's never really about the food. It's all emotional. It's all beliefs, past beliefs, acknowledgement, recognizing our beliefs because sometimes we have beliefs without actually knowing that we hold them so tightly and pretty much bringing in our environment into our internal world because they don't go separately. They go together and you can't have health and fitness without considering the mind, without considering your identity and you can live in denial. You can try and tell yourself it's okay but taking ownership and knowing your identity, knowing your self-worth and creating your identity instead of being controlled by external forces is pretty much the crux to any results, any success. So we're going to start off pretty much diving straight into an identity kind of ownership, mostly boundaries and beliefs. So we'll start off with Phoenix. She is absolutely in love with the topic about identity and boundaries. So we'll let her take it away with her view on boundaries when it comes to not only food itself, but your environment, your circle, the people you surround yourselves with, kids, the kids, like your own kids, because too many people are trying to dictate this, show that, tell them this. But it's pretty much just like with yourself. You can say all that you want to do and need to do, but it's in the action. And it's that action that the kids see that they respond to and that actually impact them. Just like when you're teaching a dog stuff, they learn from the action. They they pretty much, they get used to your behavior. And this is going to then tie into behaviors. So take it away, Phoenix. Okay, so this morning is it's quite a complex topic. There's there's so many different ideas here that are kind of all entangled together. And Ruby and I were were discussing it like how do we how do we separate these ideas so that we can talk about you know one idea per episode? And we realised that actually this one is is a big mismatch, and you can't really have one topic without the other so when we're talking about identity when we're talking about ownership when we're talking about things like resilience um being um being able to take on board criticism being open to um someone's ideas about how to perform a a particular action or execute particular strategy all of these things really come down to, I guess, what we can broad title here, identity. Um, but obviously, I just want to make a little caveat here because identity within different topic areas means different things. So in psychology, obviously, that's my field of study. Identity is a very um, uh, well-boarded, well-described um, uh, field of study but identity as me and Ruby are talking about this morning is a little bit broader and it's going to be um, uh, it's going to have like a, a lot of different ideas that come with it that shape the person that you are 
And in shaping the person you are, and shaping the person that you teach your kids to be, you're also shaping your ideas and your beliefs and your ability to um, work with someone else, whether that be in the workplace, whether that be with your children in sports and listening to their coach and being coachable, or whether that be working in a client coach capacity, such as Ruby and I do with our clients so so there, there's a there is this broad spectrum of ideas that the topic identity covers um but today we really wanted to talk about the ideas of extreme ownership so having responsibility for your own behaviors um your own um ideas your ability to take on someone else's opinion or expert opinion and as the case may be about a particular topic such as eating or training or whatever it may be um, in order to get you optimal results so are you able to take on board those ideas and listen to that coach and implement those ideas or are you immediately defensive because of the values that you may not know that you hold so that's kind of the outline of it um, and I think we'll just delve in maybe with a, a do you want, should we start with a story? Because I think it's easily easier to relate when someone has, people have something, to, oh my God, my brain this morning. I'm sorry, I'm dieting. The words are coming out. Yeah. Um, when people have something to attach something to, yes. I think it's easy to relate. Yes, yes. So there can be multiple ways that you can see a blockage when it comes to the way you perceive yourself and not even the way you perceive yourself, because sometimes we're not like, Okay, a lot of the time, we are unconsciously unconscious. We do not even have the idea in our head that we hold a particular identity. We just are. We just be, do, whatever it is. We just have our, our opinion. We have what we have to say. We do this, do that. And it's not until we actually try to get to discover ourselves, get to know ourselves, or try to change ourselves that we become blocked and these questions actually start to filter in. We start to question ourselves. We start to wonder why we can't break habits and it's hard. Like you can actually be aware of things and try to change them, but still not change them because it's serving that identity. And a lot of it also comes from the fear of digging into that or the fear of trying other things. And that's something that Phoenix is definitely going to go into because she, she knows that whole fear barrage really well. So we're going to note that down for a definite chat, but the, like an identity blockage can be something as simple as we see ourselves as doing okay, but at the same time we want to change. So we might see a habit as, oh no, this is, this is working. Like this is a habit that I, for example, someone is trying to say they're body, body positive or something like that. They're just putting that out there. But at the same time, they know they're not happy with themselves, but because everything in social media is trying to push this body positivity, it's like you're getting in conflict with the person you want to be yet the person you desire your yet the person you actually see yourself to be if that makes sense so you want to change your body you're not happy in this you're not happy in that you're uncomfortable but you're trying to comfort yourself with the body positivity stuff that you're following on instagram now with this self-love with this intuitive eating with this oh love my body stuff 
but you're not actually bringing it down to the meaning of it because you're still uncomfortable in your body, if that makes sense. Because what you want to do is actually love yourself enough to want the best for yourself because you're going to stay stuck in the cycle of self-sabotaging every time you try to change what you feel is keeping you stuck. If you keep just dismissing it and not actually taking ownership for, no, I'm actually not happy with where I am right now, that is okay. You need to forgive yourself for everything that you've already done to get to where you are now. And it's that lack of forgiveness with yourself or that lack of, it's okay, I'm here now, acknowledging where you are right now, taking ownership of your current situation and not blaming anything else but you, but your actions, but also realizing that you didn't know shit back then. You were influenced back then, but now you're ready to make a change to move forward. This can come in terms of even the foods you say that you're intolerant, like when we were talking about intolerances before, or things that we say we're well, not allergic because that's an actual thing. But fear foods, for example, like if you have someone with disordered eating or an eating disorder come in, they'll have fear foods that they don't want to let go of, but at the same time, they want to change. Someone with binge eating habits or any other eating habits, like it's serving them in a way to comfort their shell. It keeps them in their shell and they find it so hard to break through. Like these are examples that Phoenix is going to talk about, but that's just trying to put a, trying to put a picture to what she was trying to say before with a story. So I'll let you take away with those examples. Yeah. So we shape our identities by our own beliefs. So we have, we've talked about this before, internal environment that is our self-talk i know people don't have self-talk like this is something i've realized barely recently last couple of years some people don't have it in a monologue and i don't know how you guys function because i do but i know some people don't have inner self-talk but when i'm talking about internal environment i'm talking about self-talk i'm talking about the image that you hold of yourself in your head what you've grown up believing about yourself those those beliefs about yourself that you hold dear and true and rigid okay and then we've got the external environment which is changing and fluctuating all the time um so we have things like external environment can be social environment so your social environment can be a social environment at work can be social environment with family it can be social environment with friends and each of those social environments will have its own context so social environment with family may involve relationship dynamics with so say, um, for example, a mother, an auntie, someone of an older female generation that has particular views around um, what a female body should look like. It, you, you know, should you be eating that? Should you be like, should you be um, uh, doing all that exercise? Should, should you be putting all the muscle? You know, there is a generational um, uh, perception of how the female body should be. And our generation is very different to the older generation, um, sort of older parents or, or grandparents or whatever, and there is conflict there. So that will come into your relationship dynamic and your environmental, um, uh, external environment within that social dynamic. You've also got, go Ruby. In saying what she just said as well, something that can really hold you back when there's that disparity is when you hold someone on a pedestal, someone that yeah. you think you owe something to. So many girls actually hold themselves back 
because they hold their parents on a pedestal or they hold this particular role model on a pedestal or anything in a way that goes against them moving forward. That holding someone against a pedestal and not realizing that it's actually sabotaging you because they could be saying something, believing something, they could be even insulting you, but because you hold them so much on a pedestal, you still feel like you owe them. Mm-hmm. Continue. Yeah. And, and so you are taking on their values as your values. But as we grow up, as we develop our own minds, our own personalities, and we become adults and we have our own experiences, and that is the really important thing, we have our own experience, we can assimilate all of these experiences that we have in different environments, in our social environments and family environments, work environments, whatever it may be, sport environment. We assimilate those to build our own perception of our values, our beliefs, and how we should enact in the world around us. So there's external environments that you will um, kind of try to bring together with your internal environment and your belief. And this is often where conflict happens because the external environment is going to be changing all the time. Your internal environment will change um, slower than your external environment because these are core values and beliefs that you learn at an early age. It changes slower. However, it does change as you grow and you have these new experiences. So we are constantly trying to bring these two opposing ideas or conflicting ideas together and find some middle ground. So we're trying to justify all the things that happen in our lives and put them into a kind of a, our view of the world that makes sense to us. Because if it makes sense, then we can go with it. So as you were saying, you know how the external environment changes, it's dynamic. Your internal environment your brain, as we have spoken about so many times, is the mother. It's the mother. It's in charge of everything. And this is when we start to feel like I actually had two of my clients say that I made them cry when I asked them one simple question. And it was just asking them both. This was on two separate occasions, months apart. But I asked them, who are you? What do you value? What makes you happy? And... I still have one client today not know what it is that makes her happy except spending time with her partner. You can look for external scapegoats, like always got, this is where the food thing can come in and it could be just like binge eating. But I have this particular client who has her scapegoat as going out for dinner here, going out for dinner there. And it's... When you let the external world move without moving yourself with it, it is normal to feel lost. It is normal to lose yourself because the external environment is now in this day and age moving faster than we ever knew and people are demanding us left, right and center. And if we do not grow with it or we stay so stuck in the way that we see ourselves, not happy with ourselves, trying to work on everything but our actual inner monologue, our actual inner self and self-talk, or just personal development work and mindset, you are still going to be unhappy with the person that you are and want to do external fixes like, let's just go for surgery here, surgery there, let's just do this, do that, but nothing is going to change until you change yourself because you will still be unhappy. You may create artificially the body that you want, but you will still be unhappy and you are still going to have the same scapegoats and crutches until you take ownership and that's the whole topic of this whole thing 
So there was um there's a book. It's a really old book now, and it was written by a plastic surgeon. It's um it's very difficult to read. It's, it's like a it's written in medical kind of jargon. It's supposed to be um a kind of everyday book for everyone, but it is difficult to read, and the print is really small, and it's quite it's quite a dense book. Um, and it took me. You've got it, haven't you? She's got it. She's no, got no, the no, book. no, no, um, no. I don't keep talking. Oh, <laughs> oh um. So anyway, I was, this book is written by a um, plastic surgeon. He started off as a, a GP, moved into surgery, ended up in, um, in cosmetic surgery. And he wrote a book about the experiences of people that come to him requesting, um, whether it's small plastic surgery or something big that changes their entire face shape. So things like, uh, you know, nose jobs or um, jewelry alignment or whatever. And, as he grew through his career, he started to realize that the more people that he worked on, they would come to him going, once this is done, once this is done, I will have an entirely different view of myself. I'll be happy with myself. But actually, they had the surgery and nothing changed because their external appearance changed, but their internal environment was still the same identity that they'd grown up with. So the same person that had, for example, been bullied all their life because they had a big nose or had felt that they were, you know, an obese person outside, but they're still an obese person in their head. So their core values, their core, their self-identity, all the ways that they interact in their relationships with other people were still behaving the same even though the outside had changed. And so eventually he wrote this book for plastic surgeons saying, actually there needs to be some kind of psychological assessment here so that before people come in for their plastic surgery, they have already started that transition into the new person because the mind needs to move before the outside changes. If the outside changes first, the mind is still stuck back there and the mind is more powerful and it will take you back to that place, which is why we see on The Biggest Loser, people come on, they lose all this weight, they go back to their normal ways of behaving, they go back to work, they go back to all these things and they go back to the same environment that they've always been and inside their head, they're still the same person. So those habits haven't changed. You take them outside of the environment, you put them in somewhere completely isolated, let's go to The Biggest Loser, you're on TV, we're surrounded with people you don't know, you're in a completely different environment where it doesn't matter if you go to work because actually you're here for a few weeks. You know, it doesn't, you're not with the same people that going, well, should you be eating that? Or have you thought about what you look like? And da 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 they, they don't have to battle with that in this isolated venue. So once they've lost the weight and they go back into the, the same environment they've been in for 30, 40 years, yes they're going to have the same experiences so the mind has to move first there are so many golden nuggets in what she just said so not only did she point out just how important the environment itself is like your home environment which is the house to all your old habits your old identity your old everything but the people you surround yourself with like so many times people will feel so judged when they're at work when they're with friends they always worry about like if they just have like a long black for a breakfast one day because they don't want to have something enormous in calories that is going to sabotage the rest of the day or that is going to trigger them. Like, I, I just put a post on my stories for this, but it's so true. Um, when, like, it's not, there's nothing wrong with you. You just need to find your new people and it's freaking hard if they won't accept it. But if you actually express and make known your goals, your like things that you are trying to do and they don't support you, 
that is on them. That is saying more about them than you. They can be jealous of you. They could be, like, freaking angry at the fact that they don't have the discipline. They don't have the motivation, which I hate that word, but they don't have the discipline or the the identity or they're not ready to change themselves. That is going to sabotage you in getting to where you want to be and then that there is just another bottleneck in itself, keeping you trapped into where you want to be. And then the other thing that she pointed on is, like, I have a friend who's a hairdresser and there would always be people that went into the went into the salon and said that they want I want the most drastic thing you can do to my hair just like chop it all off or just give me a whole bleach in my hair something drastic and because she's intuitive she's got that intuitive thing she's like she would like break down the shell she'd start really small and then keep going up and they'd be talking at the same time a lot of the time their issue with whatever's going on their want for change was actually the fact that they weren't getting satisfied in bed. They weren't getting action in bed. They were sexually frustrated. And this is how much it is not about the food. It is about everything around it. Because you can apply that to someone wanting to go do some freaking food challenge, someone wanting to just indulge in a whole tub of ice cream every night. Like, they're just not satisfied with something in their life. They're frustrated with that. And... Someone could even lash out at you, but that's coming from being sexually frustrated in itself. It could be anything. That's just one example. Yeah, so this idea about the mind moving first really needs to come back down to sitting down and, you know, having some time to yourself where you take ownership of what is going on in your life. So... Why do you want to go and look for a new coach? Why do you want to start a new fitness challenge? Why do you want to do this, um, I, I don't know, freaking cabbage herbal life diet? What, what is it? What are you escaping from? Yeah, what, are you push, what, what is pushing you to do that? What is the identity that you hold right now that you do not like? This is a good because time it, it needs to start with you you need to go okay what is really holding me back is it the fact that i am you know two dress sizes overweight or is it the fact that i actually i hate my job and my boss is cracking down me every day i'm bullied at work you know i don't have support around me i'm doing it because i have to pay the bills and if i don't go to work who's going to do it you know i've got all these responsibilities on my plate which mean that i can't just walk out of that job even though i'm feeling marginalized or minimized or whatever and so because i can't do anything about that situation i'm going to channel that somewhere else and almost uh, punish myself almost like this felt form of self-flagellation by going yes I'm going to do something really restrictive really hard really exhausting because there's nothing I can do about this situation over here so in terms of you know getting what you want out of your health and fitness journey and getting out of you want what you want out of your your relationship with your coach have you actually sat down and analyzed which identity it is that you're not happy with it? What do you want to change? And how are you going to start that process of change? Because until you know the journey in your head, you're not going to get there because you're going to be holding yourself back. There's going to be questions like, well, I, I you know, 
I don't think I want to eat like that. Or I, I, you know, but what about, you know, I've read this article on such and such. You need to have a relationship with your coach where you have complete faith in them, complete trust in them and vice versa, that they are going to listen to you um, so that you can work together on that journey and actually be in a partnership of how you're going to get there because coach has the obviously the expert knowledge but you know in yourself what it is that's really holding you back that is like there was something that you said in there which is exactly like the fear that i mentioned what is it that you're running away from because like if you're holding a belief so strongly in your head that it that your your coach can say anything but because your your beliefs your values like you need to know your values because your beliefs possibly aren't aligning to your values, which is why you're running away from this, running away from that, because things aren't aligning in your life. There is a misalignment, but you're not stopping to take ownership to look within to then to make the to make the connections. Too many people live in their head when you should get out of your head, zoom the fuck out, put pen onto paper and start looking at what exactly is going on inside of your head. Don't be afraid to write. Too many people are scared to start writing things down because they're scared of either perfectionism or what if I write the wrong things. But they don't even know where to start sometimes. But you will never know until you start writing. You might not get anything out the first time. But as you start to actually recognize the thoughts that you haven't become aware of, oh, I'm going to be writing this tonight, I'm going to be journaling this tonight, you'll get better at getting everything out of your head onto paper. And if you don't recognize what it is you are running away from, you are never going to feel satisfied in life. I know someone who's running away from their past self because before they were way overweight and then they unhealthily lost a shitload of weight and now they won't let go of back to the fear thing. They won't let go of the fear that they might return to that weight now. Even though... They, their environment around them has shifted. They are now training the way that they, sh- like, they're training properly. They're eating properly. They have a coach that knows their shit. My client. They have, <laughs> they have a coach. They're like, my client knows her shit now because she trusts me. She trusts me, but as much as she wants to change as much as she says that she wants to change and she loves everything that I say, she keeps getting stuck. She keeps sabotaging because she fears going back to that place that she was before. What takes the sacrifice? What's led to the person she was before? It was food. So she is still struggling to allow herself to eat controlled in a controlled manner. She'll restrict or she will not put as much effort into the week but only care about the weekend because on the weekend she's not working. So on the weekend she can actually eat out. She doesn't have a routine. And because she has a chocolate, she loses her mind. She says she overeats, which in retrospect, her body's still making the... Per- like, it's staying the same. It's not getting worse. But it's the fact that she's scared to just look at her food and take ownership. Like, that's what she's running away from. And as soon as she actually started to log in her food, like I told her to log in the chocolate, to log in the pizza, to log in whatever the hell it is so she can fit it in and still hit her protein and calorie intake. On the weekends, I'm like, I don't care whether you hit your protein or fats. 
I mean your carbs or fats, as long as you hit your calories and your protein, we are good. You are not going to go back to there. But you can say it all she want, all I want. She can listen to me and believe me all that I want. But you need to actually work on yourself. You will not move anywhere no matter how much people try to help you until you take the ownership, until you work on yourself through it. And it's not easy. But you're never going to get there unless you start. You need to start working on it moving forward. And this is where Phoenix will both get into this a lot more in our next little part of this as well is visualization. You need to see it in your mind first. We can relate this to anything. I remember when I was really sold on powerlifting. I used to visualize wrapping my hand around the bar. I felt the earling. I somehow could smell chalk because I was visualizing that hard. I could feel the pressure of the bar on my back as I got under for my squat. I could feel my fear of the heavy weights on. But then I took a breath in, did my brace, and it felt like the weight left off me. But hey, I actually am nowhere near the bar yet. I just sense it all. I'm literally there now. I'm literally there. I'm going yeah. through it in my head. Like, that's how powerful it is. Like, it even is. Phoenix is, is actually feeling like, you wouldn't know that I was actually under a bar or not because I described it so clearly. And I was sitting on the floor looking at it in fear, imagining it. And then I got under that bar and then I did it. And that's when I knew that my passion for the powerlifting went away, which, like... I couldn't get myself to visualize just ripping a barbell off the floor when it came to my deadlifts. I couldn't visualize that power. I could visualize holding the bar, but I just couldn't see myself putting that power into the floor to then push through the floor to lift the deadlift up. I lost that. I lost that oomph. And I kept pushing through it. And that's the thing, like, you need to recognize, this is what I really wanted to talk about to end this little rant that I'm on, is... It's okay if your goals change with you. Too many people are holding on to their old identity, who they used to be, their old goals. Like you may start off with weight loss in your mind and because you're so used to seeing the scale go down or seeing results so fast because you started off so overweight or whatever it was, but you're so used to chasing that one thing that you feel lost at the end because you're still trying to chase it, but there's nothing left to chase. Just like I did with that strength. Like, it's probably why I even failed to, failed. I like the word failure. I'm just going to put a little caveat there by saying failed. I'm actually, it gave me a little thinking thing, but I failed to get my PR or my 5k run because I really only wanted to get 20 minutes, but the PR was to get sub 20. I got 20 minutes and four seconds a month, about a month and a half ago. I did it yesterday and I got 20 minutes and 45 seconds I didn't get a PR and I think I had it in my head no I was actually really happy with just getting that 20 I kind of fear the fact that when I'm running really intense I can easily shit my pants just (laughs) saying that but my stomach hurt for the first kilometer so I did actually slow down take a little pause and then run again just because my stomach hurt so much and then it was okay after that. But it's if you already tell yourself you got it in your head, your body believes that. Your body believes everything that your mind says. That didn't work for me then. It was not serving me when I had it in my program to hit a sub-PR. But that's the thing. Your beliefs 
can either assist you like it did with my powerlifting at first, or it can hold you back. You need to be aware. Shall we? Um, I'm aware that we're hitting the half hour mark here. Yeah. That's Shall what we? Yeah. Yeah. We'll end yeah. it there. And we are definitely going to be touching on visualization, fear, and because now that we touched on identities and ownership, Phoenix is really wanting to talk about boundaries and transitions, which then comes to what I just said. So I kind of had a good leeway into that where you need to be okay and forgive yourself for trying to cling on to something that doesn't serve you anymore. You need to realize that your goals can change with you. They don't like there's, I don't know, like logically think about it. Why would they stay the same if you're growing, if you're learning more? If you're progressing more, what's your biggest fear? Because my biggest fear is looking back on the year and seeing no growth. Because to me, that's death. That's that's not living. People are too busy trying to cling to this, cling to that, that they're not just being and living life, just enjoying mm-hmm. everything. They're too busy trying to chase this, chase that. Zoom the fuck out. That's my. <laughs> that is like my slogan. I need a friggin' shirt with zoom the fuck out on it. But... <laughs> Yeah, that's where we're going to leave it. Any final remarks? Um, no, I think we'll leave it there because I've got another client story, but we'll we'll go into a whole new tangent if I start that. So we'll leave it for the next episode. Perfect. And we will see you next time. <laughs>